0: when i started jiu-jitsu and i started thinking that like maybe i can try to pursue this if i give my all in into it um when i brought it up to my mom my mom my mom was the first person to be like, yeah, fucking do it yeah go for it like i i know you'll work hard and and try to achieve it so uh go ahead and do it and it's like when i told my grandparents you know tears go down their eyes they're like i can't believe this like they basically think you know i mean who the hell who the hell knew what what could be what what could happen from it you know i had no idea
1: yeah there's no prerequisites for for uh the life insurance like eh, every other thing in the financial services industry you gotta get a series 63 all yeah, those things yeah. that are like extensive testing life insurance is just a license so the, and that license acquiring it is just literally like an online course yeah 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 and then uh, there's no cap though you know what i mean so you get in sell as much life insurance as possible you get uh you could either broker so you could sell for all the individual companies or you can work with like a like a state farm like a captive company and what do you do and that's what that's what I started as. And then you can work your way up in one of those captive organizations and be like a like a McDonald's or something like that. Open mm-hmm. up your own franchise. So like two years into running my own shit here in Chicago.
0: Sick, man. But
1: Yeah. And that's then I awesome. uh, my uh, my partner or my yeah, my partner now, but my previous, you know, CEO who I worked for when I first started, I started out in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. He got me into uh jujitsu so he had mats in his office he had an actual mat. that's room. how you started yeah oh shit. he had an actual mat room in his office so i'm 18 19 years old i'm just right. selling insurance and he calls me up you know one night he's like hey man when you're uh when you wake up tomorrow meet me at the office before you go start door knocking because when i sold insurance it was it like door to door it was door to door when i wow. did it then COVID hit all these kids <clears throat> have it so easy now you know what i mean so it's like i'd basically be like in jujitsu terms like like, when everybody was, like, leg locking and then, like, doing a tournament where there's no leg locks allowed. Or it's, mm. like, I don't know if that would be easier. But basically now it's just all virtual. So there's no driving. I drove everywhere, had to knock wow. on people's, like, What's guns. What's happening?
0: Is like, cold calling now or
1: something? No, ours isn't cold calling. So we're the only unionized life insurance company in the nation. So unionized that's where we have, like, a competitive advantage of saying, like, hey, look, we're a union. Are we, we have union leads because we'll be able to, like, tell other unions, hey, look, we're in a union, you're in a union. Which is really weird, cause you know we're full capitalism, and usually unions are opposed to that. So, yep. but we're able to say, hey, look, we're a financial union. Unions love saying or whatever unions. So it's not it's not completely cold. It's not like hot, but uh, definitely way different. But I, I get into it, and uh, I meet him at the office one day. We're going to the mat room. I wrestled a year in Western PA, which has pretty pretty good wrestling, mm. like pretty pretty good wrestling. East Coast is pretty good yeah Usually yeah there. yeah so like some of the kids like spencer lee we grew up to in the same fucking like area no way really yeah cause.
0: also is this is this a good distance is this a good distance for the mic or do i got yes
1: closer? no i tested it out with him so hearing he talking to it yo 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 yeah yeah we're good
0: we're good yeah we're oh, still wow, good. okay
1: yeah we're still decent um good good eye though you know what yeah there's what yeah. a lot know, of people like, dude with my mic we got to like be yeah.
0: super close i don't know
1: yeah no yeah, this yeah. this will pick up fine um yeah so I meet him up at the office one day and uh, you know I figure we're gonna talk or something like that I knew we'd be work out a little bit but I don't know what we'd be getting into but he's telling me about jiu-jitsu shows me like how to fucking do like a knee slice pass and then we just start live rolling <laughs> Wow! and shit. uh hit me with like 10 straight ankle locks and I couldn't walk the next day because I didn't I didn't know what was going on yeah, yeah and uh that that was my introduction to jujitsu. jitsu I fell in love but it was it was like he teased me with it he was like all right you know what I mean? I fell in love. I wanted to do it all the time. But then it was like, oh, you just focus on sales. Once your sales are up, then we can consistently train. But uh, I get two years into the business, moved to Lincoln, Nebraska. And that's where I actually started doing my official training. And it was in a game. Why Nebraska? So he gave me an, So I focused on sales like he told me to. Uh-huh. Blew it up. And then he was like, all right, I'm going to give you uh, two choices. Tampa, Florida, or... Oh, yeah, Nebraska seems like a a great choice. Lincoln, Nebraska. Where's Tampa? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I I asked him, I was like, I personally don't care. All I care about is making money. And he was like, okay, well, then go to Lincoln because everybody goes to Uh, Tampa. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So I was like, okay, fine. Go to Lincoln. Start training in the gi there. And I think I was learning the strain ankle locks more. Brought them back to the office. And if anybody were ever late to my meetings, I would hypothetically yeah <laughs> hypothetically you would need to roll with me you know what i mean so technically yeah, yeah. speaking if anybody's it's involved, all in college, yeah that's hypothetical yeah, that would be speaking. a funny situation if you did it if though. it did happen yeah, and so yeah. hypothetically i did roll with uh one of the guys that was late to the meetings and hypothetically he blew my meniscus out oh so shit. got the meniscus out but my partner had uh some connections and i did stem cell and also oh, no surgery just stem cell well i did the stem cell and thought you know what i'm 21 years old I'm invincible already. And the stem cell basically just made me into the Hulk. Mm. So I started training probably two days after the meniscus blew out Smart. and it was a bucket handle tear come to Ooh. find out. So the bucket handle is the one that flips, flips. back yep. and it would lock. And then like, even now when I listen to like Nikki Ryan and he's like, yeah, just let just, it's just pains in the mind. And I feel like such a bitch. Cause I'm like, man, those guys down there, I know they get crazy injuries and they just go through them. I like, Soon as something like starts locking up, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm taking off. I'll just yeah, look, I mean, well, I'll meniscus meniscus
0: is definitely a, a different one because, like, yeah, when it locks, it's locking. Yeah, up, it's, it's locked.
1: Like... I'm like, there's no way these guys are just having yeah. it, like some type of terror like that. So I had to. I ended up just going a year of like lightly training through and like just trying to tell myself like, don't be a bitch, just train, just train, just like and like it just would keep locking and getting worse and like mm-hmm. keep popping and like I guess it would just eventually grind it up to the point where I get another MRI and it was like. Just like, they said it looked like rocks. Yeah. Oh, they said it was just all torn up and, uh, there was no hope. So they did a, I want to say it's a meniscectomy. Meniscectomy. Yeah. 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 So they took out like 70, 80%. And then I take, uh, I took, and I even, even now I'm taking a round of peptides, BPC 157 mm-hmm. and TB five. It's called the Wolverine yeah, yeah, mix Wolverine molecule. Whatever. Exactly. Whatever, yeah. So that helps a lot with, with stuff. Cause I've got like tendonitis going on in my, my thumb right now. Plus, plus the, uh, Meniscus that's pretty even good to for know. like
0: just general uh, recovery in general like um, yeah especially because i've got see. this
1: philosophy of like i don't get paid from jujitsu, and that's one of the big things i want to talk about like on the podcast is like um you know how you've been able to because you're fully monetized off jujitsu. yeah that, you know that's I mean? how i live like that's you live, live off jujitsu. jitsu yeah. what's the what's first off just jumping right in first off for the, those of you that don't know this is damian anderson and he's from b team
0: from b team yeah yeah
1: i was trying to do some where's your black belt from
0: so I'm not even I'm not a black belt. Okay, I was gonna yeah, say I I'm don't, not a black belt. When yeah, you yeah. take
1: your black belt, who would you take it from?
0: Uh, probably Nikki Ryan. Okay, uh, just cause like so basically, um, I got I got my brown belt from Nikki, but that's just cause we're like friends, like he's my housemate. Um, yeah, and uh, you know we're just boys, but it's like I don't have one instructor anymore. It's all of us are working yeah. on different problems. We're all, uh, you know, creating the the solutions together. Yeah, you know, bouncing ideas off of each other. So. Uh, there's no one head coach. Like, Craig is, like, the leader of B-team. Yeah. But as far as, like, problem-solving, we're all we're all playing around. We're all, like, working on stuff together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's insane. So, brown belt, housemate, teammates. And you guys can definitely tell. You know what I mean? I love uh, – I've been following the, uh, the B-team page mm-hmm. just in general. Just the vibe that you guys bring to the jiu-jitsu culture – it's, an, it's incredible. It's like bros being dudes. Yeah, exactly. The more I got, like, involved in jiu-jitsu, I was like, this is just a bunch of killer nerds. <laughs> and, like, but but you guys bring a different, like, it's not like you guys aren't, like, the typical nerdy jujitsu jitsu guy. I'm not – hopefully you guys don't start commenting and be like, shut up, I'll tap you <laughs> out. You, you would. You would tap me out. But the vibe I get is, like, most of the culture is, like, kind of like the, the nerdy guys that now developed into, like, killers. But you guys are, like, a step above that where it's, like, not – not, like, nerdy, but, like, not full jock where you guys are just, like, egotistical assholes. Because, like, when I really, from watching a lot of content, I think a lot of guys would think surface level, you guys are, like, uh, there might be a little bit of ego there, but, like, you guys are just pretty genuine, you know what I mean, dudes that just aren't as, like, some guys just take the shit, like, way too serious and shit like that. But at the same time, the the level of competitiveness and what you guys bring to the bring to the stage, it's actually pretty, like, it's, it's pretty impressive. You know what I mean? Like, how you're able to monetize, live off of it, and now you guys are starting to... I would imagine, make B-team into like a franchise?
0: Um, yeah, so to be honest, I actually have no uh, financial stake in B-team. Okay. That's, um, so basically the team had split. I, maybe maybe I, I fucked up a little bit, but the team had split. I stayed with New Wave because yeah. Gary Tonin was my coach. Uh, he had his uh, title fight coming up, and I didn't want to leave. So then the guys that left started up B-team, yeah. and they're all financially, they have a stake in it. I actually left a couple months after. Um, wow. Yeah, just so you know, just culture clashes pretty much, and yeah. I decided to go to BT. Well, I was
1: about to start watching this to try to I was like, you know what? Today's just been so slammed. I was like, mm-hmm. let me try to get some more information, but I like to try to maintain a balance when I do my podcast because I find they go smoother of like a little bit of like knowing the yeah, the yeah. guests. I mean, I,
0: I listened to your podcast actually on the way here. I was like, oh, shit, I don't even know. I don't now. know I'm shit. Yeah I, yeah. Like, yeah, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, uh, I was, I listened to actually, I, I don't know the name, but uh, it's the dude that, um. Actually, pretty cool, dude. I think he's young, too. 25 is the dude yeah. that uh, um, has uh, the printing company, the, uh, uh, the screen print. Four Logos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Logos, dude. Like, yeah, that yeah, guy. Yeah. I was listening to that. I'm like, dude, this is a pretty dope podcast. Yeah. Actually, super, super interesting. Yeah. yeah. Dude, you guys go back and forth.
1: Yeah, man. I try to, like, not copy Joe Rogan completely, but at the same time, I try to have, like, the nonchalant vibe and shit like that, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, just because I like to just, one, my business is built around having conversations. Selling life insurance is around having a genuine yeah, conversation, yeah. but I actually just like learning shit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I just try, try to keep it simple and things like that. So B-team cultures are, are clashing and things like that. You move over, over to B-team. And, and through your experience, because obviously this is, if anybody gets you on a podcast, I, they're definitely capitalizing on just the animosity that occur, occurs between uh, between the two. Um, I, I guess to just further educate the average listener on, on the split and more so like, you guys probably get all the time, like, why the split?
0: Yeah, so um, can't really talk about it too much just because, like, uh, we kind of agreed that, you know... I've seen
1: gonna... texts of, like, oh, hey, look, yeah, we're not yeah, putting that yeah, out there. Yeah,
0: trying to just keep it... Uh, just trying to let it die down. Um, you know, like Craig has said, it's it's really, like, Nikki Ryan's thing to to talk about if he wants to talk about it. Or like, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, can't really get too much No, you're it. good. It you're good. You're 100% it, yeah.
1: good. Um, I, and I guess... Well, one question I do have, and you don't have to answer it, okay. is uh, there was the huge, huge like argument going on probably a month or two ago between Natty Rod or or Nikki yeah, Rod, yeah. and now I'm like fucking like pissed because I love like to see the firebacks, but like now Gordon's like quiet, so it's like obviously it came out he did the uh, more plates more dates, mm-hmm. came back, he's the craziest looking Natty I've ever seen, but he's Natty, you Dude, know what I mean? Natty, he's natty, Dude's yeah. Natty. Um, as soon as I saw it, cause before I, I was like, all right, that dude, yeah, he's gotta be, up. but like Derek is a genius when it comes to like, like the dude yeah. knows what he's talking about. So, um, but to see Gordon
0: not like respond anymore, is it just, it, does it just speak oh, for itself? Man, I, I think so. like Matt right, art. So just to preface, this it was like Nikki rod told me since I've met him, he's natty. Right. Yeah. Up until maybe a year ago. I was like, "Alright, stop fucking with me." Like, I was like, "Okay, you're Natty. Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah, Natty. You're Natty." Yeah. And then um you know, then Gordon starts calling him out and shit. And then he agreed to take the drug test and like the entire time Ni- Nat uh Nikki Rods always like, "Yeah, I'm Natty. Like, I don't take anything." Like like literally, he we'll takes he takes creatine, creatine yeah. and protein, right? Yeah, yeah. And then um thing is Nicky Rods not also known for his Intellectual decisions, right? Yeah. So he decides that he's going to do this drug test. And I was talking to Nikki. I remember, I was like, man, I hope he's not fucking with us. Because, like, imagine he takes this drug test and it just comes out positive. Yeah. Like, really yeah. Yeah. Know, come on. But yeah, he, he, uh, he, he, he passed with flying colors, pretty much. Obviously, he has like some some cholesterol issues. I don't know if you watched yeah. the video, but he has like high blood pressure or high cholesterol. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and seeing the post
1: following up, exactly. <laughs> not not right. positive for like tea, but positive for cholesterol shit. like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: yeah, but uh, I mean, came out clean, and then the thing is, like Gordon Gordon had said, he's like, all right, if you if uh, um, if you're natty, then why don't you agree to take USADA drug testing, uh, up until like the the next ADCC, he's like, he's like, take this random drug test uh, until the next ADCC, and then Nicky Rod immediately was like, okay, sure, I'll take the, uh, I'll take the drug test, uh, just if I fail or every drug test that I pass, uh, you give me ten grand, and if I fail, I give everything back to you. And then Gordon was like, you think, you think I'm stupid? He's like, you're just gonna either cycle off. Yeah, you're just gonna yeah. cycle off and then not compete in ADCC, and then Nicky Rod just like. Uh, okay, whatever. But the thing is, is like, Usada drug testing is uh, is like next level. You have to message them like where you're going to be training in the next yeah. 24 hours. Like if you're traveling and it's like, if if you fuck these things up, then it's like a failed drug test.
1: Have you had to, so your MMA, is it a pro no, MMA? It was, it was amateur MMA. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. there's no, no drug okay. testing. Okay.
0: Yeah. I go pro in August. Okay. Uh, so the only reason I was going to go pro right away, uh, but I, there's a big Muay Thai tournament in June, which is called yeah. TBA. It's like supposed to be the biggest, the largest amateur uh, Muay Thai tournament uh, in North America. Yeah. And you, once you go pro st- with, Anything pro with strikes, you can no longer fight amateur Muay Thai. Yeah. So since I don't have any striking uh, under my belt, I stayed amateur for that fight. Yeah. I'll fight this Muay Thai tournament in June, then go pro in August after that. So I just, I wanted something just to make sure that, uh, uh you know, I felt okay striking. And then I'll do the Muay Thai tournament, amateur Muay Thai tournament, just to get more striking underneath my belt. And yeah. then I'll go uh, pro MMA in August.
1: Do you still talk to Gary Toner?
0: No, no. We, we... Uh, pretty much all, all uh, you know, all forms of communication are pretty much shut off between yeah. uh, New Wave and B-team. There's really nothing, like, there. We, there's no reason to talk to them. We don't hang out with them. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I went to uh, Austin probably four to six months ago. Oh, yeah? You- and I stayed at some hotel. It was for business. Stayed oh, okay. at some hotel, skirted away for a jiu session, and I think I trained at the tip, like the, like a lower level of, I went to New Wave, I expecting. Okay, like, it
0: might have been Henzo, Henzo Gracie. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm
1: thinking to myself, Gordon Ryan's going to be there, this will be great for publicity, <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah, it look yeah. great. Not the case, it was just like a white belt, blue belt, you Who know, type of teaching? class. It was, you know, Donahair was cool, okay, you know, he okay. was there, he, he was, was there. cool. So that was a cool experience, got a cool pick with him, but not realizing now, because, you know what I mean, I was, I've only been a year and a half in probably year and a half coming up on. It'll be two years later this fall with, with 10 planet Lombard. Okay. So I would say I'm probably like almost two years into to training. You know what I mean? Cause oh, it was six uh, okay, months okay. of gi training in Lincoln, Nebraska before I blew my knee out. Mm. Um, but now seeing some of these guys, Jaden and Katie go down and beat in like the high level of guys that you have, like at, actually at the gym at you know. the gym is like, it's impressive. But I also know, you know what I mean? Like your, your life is on the line with with your your jitsu career, so for some white belt or blue belt like myself to like come down and like you guys to like train with and mm-hmm. like you were saying earlier, like you know what I mean? Maybe if they spaz and you know what I mean, uh, tweak or something like that, and you hurt a knee or like uh, I think I I like the post you know uh, Craig did about like cleanliness or something like that. If you if you have yeah, like yeah, come with some yeah, we're gonna find out, and you're gonna com- you could potentially compromise our our careers, and you know I really never considered the legitimacy of that, but uh, but it's still cool to see like you guys be training with with like anybody like just mm-hmm. people pull up and show up and like you know like uh another guy i had on my podcast chris Wojcik, he's a pretty decent oh yeah he's there now belt. he's actually
0: uh he's at b team right now he's i think he'll be there for uh, another month yeah, yeah and i, I trained I, with him for the first time like maybe two days ago dude so, yeah,
1: it's but beast. it's crazy to level yeah he's a beast but it's crazy the level talent that that you guys have down because i mean i look at him as like one of the, the best in illinois but just to see um j-rod nicky rod's little brother did you know what I mean? messing around and and uh mm-hmm. hit a nice like fucking trip like foot tri- sweep, yeah cars. a little foot sweep on him and i and i'm like dude j-rod hasn't been training too long because if Nikki rod hasn't been training long
0: i mean nicky rod's been training for five years i think jay's been training for two
1: and yeah. he's got to and just to see him compete with black belts those guys you know what freaks. i mean like
0: yeah those guys are freaks it's insane yeah yeah honestly like you ask uh what what pisses me off too is like all right so you have Nikki rod that um that took silver at ADCC, which is our Olympics, right? The biggest yes. um, you know, biggest tournament in in jitsu took silver with like eighteen months of jiu-jitsu. So yeah. less than two years, a year and a half. You have J Rod who wins trials biggest trials with like eighteen months of jiu-jitsu also. But you ask them a basic move, like a double couchy which is like for us like if you came from um Danaher, like if you know yeah. everyone knows what a double couchy is it's like th- these are simple moves uh, that were taught to us that like at white belt level pretty much um they have no idea what it is you ask them what a reverse delaheva is they have no idea what it is you ask them what delaheva <laughs> is it's like th- these these positions that are so basic it's they have no clue and I'm yeah. like how the fuck did you make it yeah. like this far and then um yeah, J-Rod is always like, we're built different. That's all. Yeah, like. he's yeah, so
1: yeah. hilarious.
0: Man, yeah. So those guys are freaks in nature for freak.
1: sure. Freak, absolute freak. And I, I, the more I'm watch, watching Nicky Rod and just watching this last, was it the EBI role
0: set that him and Gordon rolled last? Uh, EBI, yeah. It was, well, it was a UFC, like, super fight on UFC, but it was EBI rule. So it was, like, yeah. I think 20 minutes sub only and then went to EBI overtime which, uh, you know, Nicky Rod did really well. He popped dude. Gordon. Yeah, bro. It's
1: getting, it's getting closer and closer. And so, like, I'm excited to see the next time they roll. Because every time I ask Wagner, I'm like, dude, who do you think is going to get Gordon? You what do like, you say? I want to say he said Nicky Rod. I mean. He makes, looks like the most promising.
0: That's the thing, man. It's like, all right, you take somebody like Gordon, who's, like, uh, the, the best in the world right now. But he's, like, 15 years in. You take Nicky Rod, who's technically a brown belt, but only five years in. It's yeah. like, give give him more time it's like some people uh, or I mean I know Gordon will, will kind of shit on Nicky rods like uh, record right now he's like you know, you yeah. went X and X I don't even know what it is <laughs> yeah. um, but it's like okay well what were you doing who are you fighting five years in it's yeah like, the level is just different that he's competing on like give yeah him a yeah. break but um, I mean give it get a few years uh, I mean he could he could have he could have arguably arguably beat him this last uh, this last event yeah. So he's getting closer, he's getting better. I think um no one can stay on top forever. Yeah. So it's up to, to Gordon. Like if he I think like smartest decision for him is probably just to retire at some point, maybe in the next 80 A D C C or like just while he's on top. But yeah. if, if you continue to keep training, it's like it's only a matter of time before someone catches up. It's like, no one can truly stay there forever. Yeah. Right. So, um, I think Nikki Rod's probably the next person to do it. I don't know when it could happen, but uh, he's getting closer for sure.
1: And, and, uh, let's just jump back into, into you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Kind of go the unconventional route. Where were you born and raised?
0: So I was born in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Um, Yeah. grew up in New Jersey. Uh, and yeah, I lived in North Brunswick. I stayed there for up until middle school. Then I lived in North Jersey with my grandparents, Got into like, um, not trouble, but like, so basically, uh, in North Brunswick, it's a a pretty diverse, diverse, uh, uh, like town. And then when it goes to middle school, the four elementary schools kind of come together. And, uh, you know, I kind of started slacking off a little bit, getting kind of mixed up with like drama a little bit. And then, so I moved with my grandparents, uh, up North, which is a, uh, a wealthier neighborhood, but it's just like a, a great school system. Yeah. So I went there for three years and then I moved back down South, but went to a private high school called St. Joe's and then uh, went to school there. So it was really just for schooling, the school system. Yeah. Um. And uh, I didn't do jujitsu. I played football and lacrosse my entire life pretty much. And then I wrestled as well, but wrestling back then for me was just rec wrestling in, in the winter. Mm. And uh, so I didn't really take it too seriously. I was very average, yeah. Uh, maybe slightly above average, but nothing special. Yeah. And, uh, after high school, I kind of just got fat. I just, you know, was eating as if I was an athlete, but not training the same way that yeah. I was, because I was, I was always in sports, like usually a yeah, three-sport yeah. athlete year-round, so it was, oh, there was always something keeping me in shape. Yeah. And then when I went to college, um, you know, still eating, getting chubby, and then I found jujitsu. Gary Tonin was the head coach there, and then that's how I started jiu and then I kind of fell in love with it. You know, I, I thought I wanted to, I wasn't afraid of hard work was the thing. Yeah. Like, I was willing to work hard, um, and anything that I did, so I I, I have like a thing where I, I get like hyper obsessive about the things that I'm passionate about. So that could be sports, it could be uh, um, like anything. But uh, so I found jujitsu. I was training pretty regularly, like like six, seven times uh, a week uh, from the get go, just because I liked it. I yeah. didn't know that people were trying. I didn't even know how big Gary was at the time. Gordon wasn't anything yet. Uh, like he was, he was still a Pearl Belt with no name. Yeah. And he had asked me like six months in after training pretty consistently, they're like, you know, you're trying to do this professionally. And I was like, I kind of scoffed at it, you know, laughed a little bit. I was like, I do not even think that was a thing. Um, and they're like, yeah, that's what we're doing. And then, uh, I started to see Gordon kind of, um, rise a little bit, you know, win some, win some tournaments here and there. He was doing bet matches at the time. Um, so it was like, you know maybe he was doing like oh, i'll bet you two grand I'll, I'll sub you and then the the next one was like i'll bet 10 grand that i'll sub you and you won't sub me so then he had that match coming up with some, some somebody and like i was like oh wow this is uh, uh you guys are taking this pretty seriously and he's like yeah if you want to do this as well you have to start training under john danaher in the city so then i started training in the city uh monday through friday um, i still at the at that time i couldn't make it to the city because I would work on the weekends and I was still in college as well, so yeah. it was like it was hell, man. I had uh. I Did you would, get to
1: pay all that money in tolls, like they talk about. Dude, I remember them yeah, talking yeah, about. Sh-
0: so like I, I couldn't save money at the time. Like so, basically I w- I was a caddy Saturday and Sundays uh, at a at a country club, so yeah. I'd make good cash. But it pretty much just all went for travel and food up into the city. Yeah. Um. So yeah, at the time I I wasn't traveling with them to the city. Uh. When I was at college, I took the train, so I had to catch like the 605 train or whatever, try to make it by 7.30, 7.45. Um, class really started at eight, but yeah. at that time I didn't really know, I was just gonna get there early. So then uh, I'd have to catch the 605 train, i trained train the first session, then um, in between sessions I'd eat, I'd do some schoolwork, train a second session, I'd catch the train down, do more school work, then I'd I'd uh, have classes between like 4 p.m. and 7 p.m., somewhere around there. I took a lot of online classes that semester too. And then uh, I would go back to Gary's at first 7.30 class then train 8.30. And then that was like Monday through Friday. And I couldn't train Saturday and Sunday. And I remember asking like Gordon and Gary, I was like, hey, you know, like, I, need, I feel like I need to get better at this. Like I'm not getting better as quickly as I can. And they're like, you're never going to catch us because you're not just you're just not training enough. You're not training as much as we are. So then I was like, shit, I don't know what to do. Uh, then because I need to freaking make some money to to use this to get the train uh, to the city to eat out there and I'm like, like a broke college kid you know I don't know what the hell yeah. I'm doing so then Gary needed a manager at the time um, and uh, a manager for his gym like he he was just running his gym and so I just stepped up as a manager he started paying me a little bit and that allowed me to train Saturday and Sunday but more importantly it taught me how to actually like you know the system's a, a, a of a brick and mortar business for jujitsu. Like I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was a college kid or yeah. whatever, but I kind of just figured it out. And then that gave me, I did that for like three years and then I was training full time. And then uh, three years after that, I decided to open up my my um, my gym now. So I have a gym in Jersey called B Team New Jersey. We just rebranded, yeah. Yeah. So initially it was called All in BJJ, but we moved, we outgrew our, our old spot. We were expanding to a bigger location. And then one of my students actually was just like, have you ever thought about becoming a B Team gym, like B NJ. And I was like, no, but that's a fucking great idea. Yeah, it's like, Why wouldn't I do that? So then I brought it to, to the guys and they were all for it. They're like, yeah, dude, do it. And I was like, shit. So then we became uh, BT team New Jersey. So that's what we have now.
1: So who's the like boots on the ground coach there.
0: So uh, my business partner, Andrew Vidal, uh, or actually, I, I say his name wrong all the time. I think it's Vidal. To be honest, I can't say it right. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew Vidal. Um, he is the head instructor, my business partner. He is the man that's there dealing with uh the majority of the the on the like on the site you know doing yeah things there but uh i'll do the back end work so dealing with the accounts dealing with the leads dealing with yeah. with the landlord um and uh, i try to i try to take as much load off of him as possible but he's the guy that's really you know yeah spearheading this thing that's smart yeah, yeah. and it
1: affords you the opportunity to and continue to invest time into your training and level your game up
0: that's the whole thing it's which like builds up the brand exactly i i mean I love the gym. I love uh, everything, but first and foremost, um, the the short term goals are athletic, and it's yeah. like there's a, a small window of time that I Such can't a small I have window to capitalize. To... I mean, yeah. we're talking about the seminar. It's like, what's your training schedule like? It's like I'm pretty much training every day because I started so late. Yeah. So I can't. I don't have the luxury of taking these massive days off or long vacations.
1: They, I get around so many of these guys in jujitsu, and I got nothing but love for for the community. But uh, you they they get kind of hyper obsessive and like insert themselves into this community. Then I love jujitsu, but I'm like, and they want to get paid off of it. And I know what the fuck it took to get, to get like, to build a life through this It's hundred percent commission. And I look at it, Everybody is a hundred percent commission, whether or not they, you know what I mean? That, they, that they're sales, right? 1099, sales. everything sales. Yeah. And you get into this world, what you put out of it. And I'm like, and I look at these guys and they want to get paid off jujitsu. And, and they, I'm training maybe 75% as much as they are. And like, I'm like, how am I training, you know what I mean? Like three fourths as much as you, and you want to get paid off this. And I'm not, I don't consider like myself mm. training that hard, you know what I mean? Three, four days a week, I'll go in and get an hour, two hours in, and maybe I'll pay for a private session. So I, I calculate it by numerically mat time, you know what I mean? I'll yeah. make references yeah. to, to life insurance. When somebody's like, well, how do I get rich in the insurance industry? And I just kind of reference it to like, well, do you do any sports? And if they say wrestling or jujitsu, jitsu they'll be like, okay, well, how'd you get better at wrestling? Mat time, reps. I'm like, well, that's the same shit here. You know what I mean? Mm. Your ability to monetize and the quality and the level and the depth of monetization that you're going to pull from this industry is going to directly correspond with. It's not going to be your, how like, fucking lucky you are and talented because we'll have those, like, Nicky the rods anomalies. come in. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's a rarity. You know, but sustainability in business? gonna be mat time it's I mean, gonna be time here
0: it's the same thing i mean that's just all skill progression right it's like that's just skill, skill progression in general is like yeah practice you, you gotta spend more time <laughs> you, you get what you put out into it that's why like i mean you probably have an affinity towards jiu-jitsu because it is kind of merit-based um just like sales is it's like you know yeah. if you grind your ass off you're gonna make a shit ton of money in sales yeah if you grind your ass off in jujitsu, you're gonna get better at jujitsu. yeah so it's like yeah they kind of go hand in hand so it's it's like i see a lot of similarity similarities with jiu-jitsu in sales. Yeah. It's
1: one know. of my favorite analogies when I use It's unfortunate. A, a lot of my guys don't do jujitsu, but <laughs> hypothetically they know about it because I'm i I'm a black belt in this office, but. <laughs> 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 but, 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 uh, but I, I make a lot of references to it, but man, so who were you closest to growing up? Who inspired and influenced you into being, you know, the man you are today?
0: So that's definitely, um, so it, it's hard to say. So, I know there's
1: seasons. There's you know there's probably seasons yeah. of people that have really poured into you. Exactly. Who who are a few of those people? So then?
0: the first one definitely is going to be uh, my mother, right? She uh she she takes it to an extreme though, where as like I'm kind of a uh, balance, but she genuinely believes like you know you can do anything in the world as long as you like work incredibly hard for. It. So that's that's kind of where I got the idea that I can even try to pursue this. Yeah. Right? Uh, like as I was in college, I come from a, a traditional, pretty much. My mom's side is is Filipino, so it's like okay. very traditional family. Both of my grandparents are very well educated, yeah. you know, uh, uh, professionals in their field. And when I started jiu-jitsu and I started thinking that like maybe I can try to pursue this if I give my all in into it, um, when I brought it up to my mom, my mom my mom was the first person to be like, "Yeah, fuck it, do it. Yeah, like, go for it. Like I I know you'll work hard and, and try to achieve it. So uh, go ahead and do it." And it's like when I told my grandparents, you know. Tears go down their eyes. They're like, oh, I can't believe this. So, like, they basically think, you know, I mean, who the hell, who the hell knew what, what could be, what could, what could happen from it? You know, I had no idea. Yeah, uh, I just knew that, like, all right, say if it failed, all right, I go back to college for a couple of years, get my degree, go do what I was doing anyway. Yeah, right. So, uh, my mom definitely is a person that that says that you can do anything. It doesn't matter what anybody says. If yeah, you work hard for it. You know, you'll 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 get what's yours pretty much. Um, definitely, uh, my grandpa, my, I call him my Lolo, uh, incredibly intelligent, but hardworking man. So like, I come from a family of like very hardworking people. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of instilled. Was he
1: an immigrant? Was he first generation?
0: Yeah. Yeah. First generation. I mean, he's an engineer, a mechanical engineer. He works like, uh, um, in, he's like, it's aerospace essentially. Like he deals with like fuel cells with, with, uh, you know, very intelligent, super fucking intelligent. Yeah. It's like, I'm the, I'm the idiot in my Filipino side. Like my cousins are our doctors? Are uh, um, you know lawyers? Are accountants? Are like these these professionals that, yeah. are, in my opinion, when I look at it, I'm like, you are actually making society way better. Like, yes. like you're really pushing society forward and something to be proud of. Which, I'm I am proud of, of yeah. the things that I've done. But it's like, I, I see jujitsu for me as a somewhat selfish uh, quest that I'm on. It's like it's because. Yeah. I enjoy it so much that I'll give my all to it. And it's like, I do help people along the way, you yeah. know, like my gym does a lot for charity, um, and stuff like that. But at the core of it, it's like, I did it because it's something that I love, not something that I thought like would make society better, which some people like, you know, the doctors in my family, like yeah, I really want to help people. I'm like, that's freaking awesome for you. Cause damn, I, I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah,
1: bro. That's fire. And, and as you transition into jujitsu and then you, become a manager, and then you open up your own... When did, when did you become um, fully financially independent when, when, it, when it came to... Or let me say fu- fully financially dependent upon your own athleticism and your jiu-jitsu?
0: Man, honestly, it's like... It, it wasn't until... Like, it was years, man. Um, I guess it, it had to have been when I decided to actually open up the gym, honestly. It's like I I, I got very lucky, so from my own actual accolades I had like nothing like until late purple belt it was really nothing i decided to open up a gym inside of a muay thai gym and they only charged me 300 dollars rent yeah right so i was able to build a program and then now have a, a few thousand bucks a month and i was like oh man I can, I can live on top of still managing garys and stuff like that teaching privates and shit but um it was it was a grind it was like i couldn't really save until um late purple belt actually maybe mid purple belt
1: so is that four years in
0: man it was it must have been must have been four and a half five years in yeah yeah exactly how so when did you start training started training at at uh 18 just before my 19th birthday so maybe 22 23 yeah 23 is when i opened up my gym okay so just before 20 during 22 is when i was able to get consistent private lessons which that i'd say the private lessons is actually what what allowed me to, to be financially independent. But it's like that's – it's due to me training at John – with John and Gary. Yeah. The students there were – like Gary's private lessons at the time were like 500 bucks versus I was charging them for like 80 to 100 bucks Yeah, or whatever. So like they were just outpriced. So then I got lucky in the sense that they wanted to learn the same thing yeah. from John. So then I was able to teach consistent privates like, you know, uh, three, four, five privates a week on top of uh, Gary's uh, uh, income and stuff like that. And then when I opened up my own gym, I was I got lucky enough to sublet inside of a Muay Thai gym to where I can build a program inside there. So it was like, yeah, four and a half, five years in.
1: Was that the first seed, uh, being in that Muay Thai gym, that started to intrigue you with striking?
0: Uh, no, I always liked striking. Um, I saw Gary come up in it and... Uh, um, I saw him doing MMA. I always liked MMA. So to be honest, when I was a when I, when I was like a kid, UFC always intrigued me. Like I yeah. thought it was super cool, but I didn't like the idea that it could be these meatheads fighting each other. Like I, I didn't I didn't enjoy that. Then um Gordon actually decided that he wanted to try to pick up some striking too, and he needed a partner, so then I started partnering with him for privates after class with John, and then John started to explain that actually there is an intelligent way to fight. And if you are more intelligent than your opponent, you can essentially win the fights in a, in a safer way. There's always that risk. Yeah. But when I started to, to understand that there was that ability to to train um, or to, to, to fight intelligently, that's really what allowed me to to dive deeper. I was like, oh, this is something I'll put my time into. Because I didn't want to put my time into something that I felt like it's just a coin flip now. Like yeah. you know, I, I, I'm really tough, everyone's tough. Who wants it more, everyone fucking wants it. Yeah. But I wanted to see a certain way to actually uh, you know, navigate this chaos, you know, and then and then get that win.
1: Just read the samurai book uh on this samurai that Joe Rogan recommended from his podcast, mm-hmm. Miyato Musashi or something like that. And it was like dissecting strategical fighting and I figured I'd pull some some things out of it analytically for business and things like that. But it reminds me of a lot of like Dan Hare of like just breaking like just how like it, when, every time I hear anybody talk about like BJJ fanatics and watching any of his film, just how technical he is with breaking out every single detail and how sometimes it can be a little wordy, but like how it, it, I mean the, the the dude is a precision master. He's a technician, like you were talking yeah, about earlier. Yeah. He's like the dude's an extreme technician. So I think that's extremely valuable. But but also want to tie jump jump back into four or five years in before you're financially dependent and yeah. now. How many years total are you into Jiu Jitsu now?
0: So I'm only, I'm seven, over seven years, about uh, seven and a half years. So it's like, it's it's fairly recent that I was able to be like, okay, I can finally like survive. Everything was, it was spending money to get to the city and just trying to train my ass off. Like that's, that was everything. And that's what people don't understand. It's like, cause you put the same amount of time into Jiu Jitsu into literally any other industry and you'll like develop. You'll, you'll get six figure income. You'll, you'll be you'll be a master in, yeah. in your in your craft. Like it is, this is what people don't understand. Is like it is. It takes so much work to be co- to get financially independent, and then and then squeeze uh, uh you know as as much mo- like to be able to monetize it as much as possible. It takes oh so much work. Yeah. And it's like unless you genuinely love the sport, it's like you're much better off going to try to pursue this just as obsessively in any other industry yeah literally yeah, i yeah.
1: i get so i get so intrigued by you guys because i'm like dude fuck you guys would be like fucking billionaires <laughs> life dude, insurance I mean, i'm like but it's it's i respect it because i'm like dang dude dude's willing to let his legs get blown out for for 100 grand for fucking
0: 100 grand let alone a thousand dollars in a blue belt tournament yeah
1: i guess so i'm, I'm like 90 well what, what percent do you think honestly is like making over six figures in the jujitsu community, dude.
0: It, it's it's
1: without I get, let's say with owning a gym. Yeah, because I, I feel like that's okay, the only well, with
0: hope own, with owning a gym. I think uh, I mean I, I think a good portion of of the gym owners, along with privates, along with competition, I think they can definitely make you know six figures. But I think the vast majority of competitors, it's like I, I couldn't even I couldn't even. I don't even know. I don't even know what percentage. It's a small percentage. That have you ever heard making... horror
1: stories of, like, these competitors that, you know, obviously hit adulthood, and I think after, like, 24, 25, 26, you've got to be on your own health insurance, and then, yeah, I like yeah. don't have health insurance mm-hmm. and get something just blown out. And like,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm 26. I have to deal with health insurance, too, actually.
1: Yeah, so yeah, yeah. 26, you have to deal with health insurance, but, like, somebody that is not in the financial position that you are but is obsessed with the sport and is trying to build up, you know what I mean, like, now they blow – like one of the one of the worst things happening as a kid is I messed up my labrum or something with my shoulder. You know what I mean? It's like I couldn't imagine tearing like tearing like my shoulder apart and like you know what or I mean? Not, be, not being able to
0: not afford being it. able
1: to not being able to afford it and like you put you just put four years into jujitsu and like this is you're twenty two to twenty six and you you know what I mean? Like that was your dream, hope, and vision, and it's like now what?
0: Yeah, I mean, fuck it's it's not a it's not an easy an easy road to go. I mean, granted, like I do think. Like, it, again. Th- this kind of comes from like my mother's like art. Right, wh- where there's a will, there is a way. Like yeah. you will be able to figure it, figure it out somehow. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be fucking easy. It's not going to be pretty. I don't even know the answer right now. But but it's you know. to me,
1: it's still. I think what I like to invest time and even throw some money into it. You know what I mean? Like I like to throw money at the Midwest finishers and try to you know sponsor, like sponsor things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I st- I I look at it from an out- outside perspective as just like an still an untapped market. And with individuals like B Team and Gordon, I, you guys are bringing something. I feel like to the if we just labeled as like the individual jujitsu niche, that is like like pioneering like a, a flow of income. You know what I mean? Like just seeing everything that's going on. I feel like I feel like give this shit like five ten years, and and you know what I mean. I feel like you guys seeing that one old dude. You know that was an ADCC. That you know I hate to disrespect him like that, but there was a dude in his late thirties that was that was oh, actually yeah. competing I, I forget the dude's I name know. but i'm like you some you guys definitely got you know a good 10 years 10 15 years of compete competing and mm-hmm. you guys you know what i mean like joe rogan always says you know athletes especially with like fighters it's like 30s that you like like peak, you the that, peak. yeah that <laughs> those early 30s like that peak mm-hmm. you know what i mean so but i see i feel like money like more so than uh you know what I mean? Gordon being labeled the the millionaire of the jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's gonna be a lot more money flowing through, through jiu-jitsu. Yeah,
0: well, I think, I mean, um, I think just in general, the, the sport is growing. So yeah. you see, there's different avenues of, of monetization. First, it's like, I don't even think you have to be a high-level athlete to, um, to actually make good money. Like, I see a lot of people that, so, online industry really changed the game like yeah whether like online instructionals which is like that's pretty much the majority of all of our income is going to be from online instructionals yeah instructional sales um but then you see there's like these subscription-based services that yeah that some of these guys um uh, subscribe to i know uh like social media actually really helps like youtube and instagram help drive sales like there's a guy like jujitsu uh who is actually one of the first guys that i looked at when I first started Jiu Jitsu was his name Chiu Jitsu, but uh he's not that um like he doesn't have that many accolades as far as Nogi, right? Yeah. But he has a huge brand, a huge following and uh, you know, great gym, multiple gyms, and then pretty successful. So it's like I think um if you're creative and you're a hustler I think you can make anything work Yeah. Uh, kind of like percent. how it works, right? It's like you have to be – or you have someone like Craig, right? So Craig didn't win ADCC, took silver, and then now the whole brand is, yeah. you know, all I see is silver. It's B-team. silver team. metal energy. B-team. Yeah. The reason it's B is because, you know, he's like, you know, we Nicky can't – Nicky Rod produce. says it's the best team. That's Nicky B for Rod, best Nicky team. Nicky Rod hated the idea of B-team. He's yeah. like, fuck that. But, um, you know, the whole idea of B-team is like he just marketing the crap out of it. And like – I think when you when it goes to, to marketing, I think Craig is probably the best in the sport right now. I think he's the best. Yeah, it's like everything that That he does. Miata
1: video was the funniest the Miata video, <laughs> man. That was the funniest video I've ever seen.
0: Dude, I don't know how the hell he thinks about this. Like it's like he does he does such a good job with it, so
1: what? Holy fuck. Right
0: oh shit. <laughs> I one
1: in a row. Oh yeah, come kill this. No. <laughs>
0: Comment. People in the comments would be like, "I can't believe you killed that spider." Yeah, I'm gonna get canceled for that. <laughs> yeah, but Man. yeah, I, I think um, uh, you know, there's a lot of creative ways that that w- weren't available, um, you know, maybe a few years ago when I first started. So it's like, I think it is easier for for younger like uh, athletes to make more mo- to make money yeah like you see you see blue belt tournaments now for like a thousand two thousand dollars yeah it's like yeah
1: midwest finishers they've been giving out a couple bands each time and i'm yeah, like
0: yeah so it's like there, there's ways that you can market yourself and yeah. you know uh make make a living but the whole idea is like you got to be training and then trying to get to that highest level as, as quickly as possible yeah yeah
1: does straight ankle locks work on you
0: Hell yeah, they work on I me. Mean, they work on anyone. They'll fucking... I don't them.
1: know, dude. i seen this video of Craig Jones getting his foot down to, like, the ballerina, down to, like, the yeah, floor. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely...
0: He's definitely... I mean, he spends a lot of time in ballerina shoes. Yeah. Uh, is the thing. So that's the, that's the secret. Like, he might... He says, you know, it's like, I have flexible ankles, but it's like, of course, when you actually wear ballerina shoes and you, you, yeah. you have tights on, you know, of course, it's going <laughs> to be hard to get straight ankle locked.
1: <laughs> I heard he does ballerina classes. Yeah,
0: so. yeah. He seems like the guy, too. Right?
1: Yeah, he does. Yeah, he yeah. seems yeah. like it. Um... What's, what are you most excited about for the next, for the upcoming future, next five years or yeah, so? Next What's the five vision? Years.
0: I mean, so the whole idea for me is like um, I needed, when the goal became MMA, it was like, I needed to get, in order to do MMA to the best of my ability, the safest, right? The safest route, it's like, I needed to get world-class jujitsu. jitsu yeah. that, that, that was really, because um, I, I was like, maybe late blue belt, just got my pro belt when I started MMA Yeah, uh, with John and Gary. And um, my whole thing was that I need to get world class grappling. So then, when I go to MMA, because all the I feel like all the majority of the the highest level UFC fighters or MMA fighters that use grappling, when they leave and uh, you know they're they're retired, they're not punch drunk. They're not slurring their words. Yeah, they're that's not, true. like you yeah. know they're they're pretty coherent but it's, you look at the greatest strikers like man, a lot of them are are kind of like slurring their words sounds like they're drunk and i'm just like shit that's a scary thing Mike tyson do. Mike tyson and yeah it's like it's it's not something that you know is motivating but when yeah. you look at the grapplers it's like okay that's, that's something that at least uh, you know there's a safe safer way to do it so um it's, i feel like i have that that high level grappling now uh I'm still getting better every day but yeah my I go pro in August and then I'll continue just developing.
1: Do you have a card? Is it a card or an organization? I don't know what the yeah. I'll, I'm gonna
0: be. be developing under Fury FC. It's uh, okay. a Texas-based organization. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I'll be getting the majority of my, uh, you know, maybe.
1: Do they do hydration tests or is it just? Uh...
0: So only one championship does hydration tests. Okay. Yeah. Do you think UFC? that's important? No, I don't think it. I I don't think so. So the thing is, so there's a, there. The whole idea, the reason these organizations want to do hydration tests is to try to stop the weight cut, right? They don't want you to cut this mass amount of weight, right? So you're going to be very dehydrated. And then, uh, um, you know, that's the whole idea. So one championship does it. So their featherweight in one championship is 155, whereas the featherweight in UFC is 145, Mm. right? But what people do is... They drink normally, or they overhydrate their body. Yeah. There's some sensitivity. Like, yeah. you can't, if you're overhydrated, you still fail. So they have to have, you know, there's some play that they have to figure it out. But, you know, they drink a decent amount of water. Then they cut 15, 20 pounds of water, and they just hold their piss in. So, like... You can lose a lot of a lot of water in in a sauna with a sauna suit. Yeah. Jogging, shadow boxing, like you lose you lose 15 pounds, you know, arguably in like two hours, not yeah. not even right. And um, you know, they just force themselves to not pee. They get on the scale, you know, they they pass that, they piss, then they go rehydrate. So it's like it. People, there's always these loopholes wow. around it. Yeah. And like the, the, that was the whole thing with with um, UFC. They stopped ivs right because they they tried to stop people from from weight cutting but people still just weight cut and then just try to hydrate properly is the thing it's like so i I don't think it really does anything i was i was wondering like what is the best way to for for these weight classes to to try to stop the weight cut because the weight cuts suck and it's really killing these people have you ever had a scary weight cut a scary one no um you know i never had a scary one I, i the lowest i've cut was Uh, 145 for competition, and then I was supposed to do a 135 one. I got to about 142, and then the actual organization uh, called the card off. I was, like, a blue belt at the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I was doing, like, some shit. What do you walk? I walk around 162 right now. Okay. 162, 163. So 145 uh, is a pretty standard one for me. It sucks. It's not good. Yeah. But it's, like, it's manageable, no problem. Uh, For ADCC, the... um, Like for ADCC, I was like the, the runner up. So I had to make weight and it's, you make weight the same day, uh, actually day before and the day of, and to make weight day of ADCC day before so that you can make the day of. And then if you make it to the second day, you have to weigh in again. Yeah. So it's shit. Yeah. 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 it's, It's super bad. So then that one was the toughest, but that's because I was trying to get my body weight as close to the actual weight cut as possible. So I didn't have to cut that much water. Yeah. But, um, for mma i'm gonna have to cut to 135 so not looking forward to that shit
1: yeah no not yeah. at all so fury champion
0: at featherweight and then have you thought further out or is that just the immediate big yeah goal? yeah so um i mean uh i'll be probably ba- i'll fight a few featherweight fights probably but i'm really going to be a bantamweight there um eh, maybe i'll do featherweight i, don't, I haven't fully decided yet but, yeah uh yeah i mean the goal is is high level mma so whether that's one championship, UFC, even Bellator, uh, uh, I really have no care. Um, I just want to be the, – the the ultimate goal really is UFC gold. Right? Yeah. That, that is the goal, but, you know, things change. Maybe an organization pays better than whatever, yeah. whatever. It's no big deal.
1: Yeah, you know? I was at – you. I don't know if you watched football uh, growing up or anything like that. This I watched
0: growing up, but I didn't wa- – I, I stopped. Yeah, like, I haven't watched
1: football in forever. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched that shit in forever, but I was with – I was at an event with my partner in uh, Pittsburgh, and I was uh, there with James, ha- James Harrison. Yeah, yeah. So, And he was talking about just football in general. He's was like, man, it was really just a game to me. And like, for me, I always had to look at taking care of myself before what others thought about me, fans, friends, and even family. I had to look at, like, what was the best thing for me. You know what I mean? So, like, when he left the franchise, the Steelers, because mm-hmm. I'm from Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people like, you know, Trader. Da-da-da-da-da. I actually was a Steelers fan growing up. Yeah, yeah. see, I, see I've, I've always been. I grew up in Arkansas. You know what I mean? So, I was in Arkansas until I was 10, and then I was in uh, Pittsburgh. My mom grew up in Pittsburgh. So, when my parents split up, I moved with my mom mm-hmm. to Pittsburgh with my sister. And uh, so, I was Pittsburgh after that, but always deep down on Dallas Cowboys. But um, mm-hmm. he was talking about, he's like, and I think everybody has to do better at that, is like, because I think it's not always the individuals like haters or like even friends that we let kind of like coerce us into the decisions we want to make. It's our family and our family, you know, obviously they have the best are not, not necessarily nice our best interest at heart, but I think it's more so a safety interest at heart. They just want us to be safe. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's like, it, it's sometimes that safe decision in the long run, it ends up hurting us more than us doing what's best for us, knowing what's best for us, chasing that dream. So it was cool to hear him say, like, man, I had to just do what was best for me opposed to what was best for family and friends, mm-hmm. like different things like that. So hearing you say that, you know what I mean, it just kind of, you know, I think for, for listeners out there that are, like, in that tough spot or things like that, because when, when uh, people are getting in the insurance industry, it's one thing I'm always like, bro, make sure you do what's best for you mm-hmm. and uh, just in life in general. It's like, don't think about me. And it's hard to tell people like you know sometimes you can't think about mom and dad you got to think like this is your life you got to live yeah, it yeah that's
0: the thing right and it's like so I get a lot of uh, you know questions like from aspiring athletes or aspiring jujitsu fighters that just started or whatever yeah. and it's like I'll never tell someone to not chase their dreams yeah because like people did it to me all the time right yeah. but it's like you really have to a lot of people I don't think understand like how hard it is in to, to make it in jujitsu compared to another industry. Like, oh God. it's like, yeah. you can, you can live comfortably. You can go like, I, I have a girlfriend, right. And, uh, you know, my girlfriend's fully on board and I'm just like, you know, we're not going to be taking all these different vacations. Like we can make, you know, seminar tours as a vacation, yeah. but it's like, I don't have the luxury to, to take weeks off at a time to, to, yeah. Uh, to to go you know treat you to wherever yeah. like I am I am a gym rat like through and through yeah. and that's because I have this X goal and she's like you know I know what I signed up for yada 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 yeah but that's like, important dude it's very important but you know I still I still get like the guilt because it's like you know yeah. especially with social media it's like you see everyone you know they're going here for yeah. for this month they're going here for this month And it's like that would be nice but it's like I I cannot let a situation where it's like, all right, I did make it to the highest level yeah. but I lost because I didn't take the time off this time. Like I, I my brain my body won't let me Yeah you know, I need to, it's already so hard to become successful. You have to line up everything in your favor yes to you give yourself the, the best shot. Like the only thing you can control is, is pretty much your training. Yes. And it's like you better fucking Go put it in. all into it. That's yeah. why I named my gym All In event like that was actually yeah. my, my first gym name was called All In is because that's what I felt like you had to do yeah. to try to to try to try make it. There's so many people that, that try to do this for two years, three years, like I tried so hard. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, th- honestly, what was super inspiring to me was uh, when I was first under Gary, was because Gary was doing it for 10 years before able to actually make a true living. That's you know, a
1: sweet number. Any, any like multimillionaire or anybody that I've met that's hyper successful, that's the number that always comes up. Like, I don't care what industry it's like 10, 10, 10. The jujitsu, like what's the average amount of time it takes to get your black belt? I always fucking, everyone says 10, 10 years. years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, man, that 10, I don't know what it is. It's a, it's a sweet number across it, it all is. industries.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, but it's like, yeah, there's, so there's, there's, there's that in 10 years. It's not like, it's not like 10 years to get your black belt. It's like for him, it was 10 years of training three times a day, every day Yeah. to then finally be able to, to, you know, uh, really make some money and it. it's like it's it's not for everyone and it could really break people down Yeah. so it's like you really have to ha- What what's your resolve like you know how bad do you really want this Yeah. why do you want this you know is this something that's just like you know you're having fun with it it's like you should do this as a hobby but you should get another job that you know that, that oh, absolutely. you know <laughs> pays the bills and stuff because it's like if you're not willing to fucking not go out to yeah. not take these weekends off to not go on that vacation it's fire you know it's like yeah, man, it's that's fire. that's what it takes man
1: that's fire yeah. as we uh as we wrap up i'm always curious because pretty much outside of work and working out for me it's just movies do you have any ho not much time obviously we know that but are there any hobbies that
0: um that so your... i mean hobbies i uh i shoot occasionally i haven't got shooting in a while actually i play piano a little bit yeah but it's nothing nothing serious guns you shoot guns i shoot guns okay, yeah cool. yeah um you know as soon as like my girlfriend moved out to texas first thing we got her a glock you ever hunt I uh, never went hunting. I don't really want to get my hunting. hunting license
1: over there. it's Dude, right, it's,
0: it's right there. I would love to go hunting. We grew, I grew up like what small g-
1: small game hunting. Mm-hmm. I haven't hunted in forever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My, the biggest things I've ever killed rabbit and squirrels and things like that. Which you probably being in Texas, you probably have eaten it. I grew up in Arkansas, so we eating the craziest no, I've shit. I've never eaten rabbit or anything. Yeah, I've been rabbit, Austin. squirrel, Austin's,
0: rac- Austin's arguably not even Texas to Yeah, it's it was not pretty city Texas. when I went there. Yeah, I was like, this yeah, this is still
1: city-ish. Um, so. I guess the the shooting well what do you have a favorite movie?
0: Favorite movie. Shit. I mean um I like comedy. I like I like uh Step Brothers. Step Brothers, Step Step Brothers is a movie. Yeah, quality movie. But um I do like anime, you know, yeah. like uh so I'm I'm more of a show guy if anything like the
1: fucking Dragon Ball Z uh, at all.
0: I, I'm not a big fan Dragon Ball Z fan. Nikki Ryan. Yeah huge Dragon Ball Z fan yeah. I, I, I like Naruto that was my yeah. like I mean I, I like any anime that really I, I do I do like just cause like Goku's a savage too but it's like yeah. any time where one guy trains extremely hard to try to achieve like that yeah. whole fucking arc uh, so Naruto I, I love that any, anything that that has you know the, their main character that main character just training grueling training constant training to then become this powerful you yeah. know being that I love I've, I'm a sucker for those Favorite fighter? Favorite fighter. Um, have to say, uh, John Jones is definitely everyone. Absolutely Either John voted. Jones or GSP. Yeah. GSP is a, 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 you know, strong second. Um, and then, uh, you know, he trains with Donna Hare a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, I've trained with him a bunch, you know, yeah. he's a super cool dude. Yeah. yeah I mean, he, at, the, at for the longest time, he was my favorite fighter. He's actually the guy that, that thought, I thought, like, MMA was the coolest because of him. Yeah. Growing up. Um, but, uh, yeah, super nice dude. You know, he sparred a bunch, trained jiu-jitsu a bunch before. Super, super, uh, you know, great guy. John Jones, uh, there's just uh, something to, to be said, like, just how dominant he was, though. He's just, like, super fucking Insane. cool. Yeah, and then, um, you know, it, this is going to go against most people, but uh, Conor McGregor is honestly up there, too. Just, like, like it, what he did. Not even, yeah. like, I mean, s- grappling skills obviously aren't there, but it's, like, uh, as far as the showmanship. He changed you know, the UFC exactly at least a
1: few percent which is for a billion dollar company massive
0: dude i mean he exploded like on the scene was talking a bunch of shit knocking people out yeah um and it was just so it's like old connor i'd say old connor was yeah. definitely up there i was like man that guy that's you just want to watch him you know he's gonna
1: get another fight i feel like
0: well he's supposed to fight uh chandler right that's I think right? so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's a smart. He, he, shouldn't, he shouldn't be fighting anymore. But. I
1: don't know. He looked like he, he ran a Gordon stack. So he yeah, looks dude, like he, he's fucking he's huge fucking now. <laughs> he's yoked, <laughs> man. Yeah. Oh, definitely man. on that cholesterol juice. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> um, what was the last thing? So favorite fighter, favorite. Well, before I jump into the last, the last question, which will be favorite food, you can think on that. But John Jones versus Stipe Miocic? Is that what they're yeah, yeah. talking about? Yeah, I think that's how do you think that happened.
0: goes? Yeah, I think I think John Jones, man. I think I I think he's the the only reason he's my favorite above GSP. I I like GSP way more. Yeah. Right. Especially as a human, like GSP, just the nicest dude ever. But um, I think John Jones is the greatest of all time. Like yeah, when you look at striking, wrestling, grappling, it's like dominance as well. Like yeah. The dudes. Man, he's a beast. He's a beast. Uh, never lost, right? Well, never lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got like a, you know, twelve to six elbow loss. That's his loss. But um. And yeah. you're
1: and you're in Fury fights. That is there any weird like because when fucking uh, what was the, what's the dude's name from Demetrius when he went over at Was it Demetrius Johnson? When he went over to, to is one, it one, you can like one. kick on the floor or something. Yeah, bro. knee
0: on the floor, so nothing like that in Fury. But um, yeah, in one, shit. he got knocked out clean. He did get the knockout back. Yeah, like, but um, yeah, he was coming up on an elbow and then got kneeed in the head. And it's kind
1: of like go. what you were talking about in in like in the seminar today when we transitioned in a little bit of MMA, like making sure you're placing takedowns properly, like strike to takedown, mm-hmm. so you don't catch anything. Yeah, man, it's down. a
0: scary thing. It's a scary thing. Like, there's there's an art, uh, you know, John called it uh, shoot boxing, but, like, the whole idea of strikes into takedowns, using the strikes to set up your takedowns. Because, man, if you just shoot these naked takedowns, you can get caught, and always it's think about scary, that, right? man. Like, it's, fuck that. It's scary. Get, like, I I remember before my first fight, um, I'm literally in the back about to walk out, and I'm watching the fight that's, that's happening. The guy gets head kick KO'd. Yeah. And I'm like fuck, is this, like, that shit cannot happen. I got my family there. Yeah, I have, like, so many people watching. I'm like, this cannot happen to me. We used to throw
1: headgear on in uh, our basement, and we would just scrap around with the most unconventional technique, just your typical, like, high school street fighting. I boxed for, like, a year, but, like, as a young kid, so, like, one, two, and a little bit of this stepping, but not enough for it to be, like... But I've, I've got this stupid little like, head kick, and I head kicked my boy, and he, like...
0: You got starched? Yeah, he, like, oh, locked out. And I
1: was, like, so, like, worried. I was, like... But he, he was, was, like, dead. he was still there, like, his fit. Fa- but I was, like, everybody was, like, what the... F-? You know what I mean? Like, oh, and it was... shit. It was such a fucking, like, weird thing to see Ooh, and experience. Man. I'm, like, dude, there's no way I would... I would need millions to let somebody be like doing
0: professionally, head kicking me like, yeah. Oh my God. Dude, I remember when I knock, I've only knocked one person out. Like oh, we for, I wanted to bring that up was the, uh, the Palm strike, yeah, bro. Yeah. What was that like? Bro? So that was a weird feeling. Like it was, I think it was weirder because the crowd didn't know it was gonna happen. Like it's a jujitsu crowd, not an yeah. MMA crowd. What which, the hell? Yeah, jujitsu and MMA crowds are very different. Like jujitsu crowds pretty quiet. Yeah, occasionally really awkward. Every now and so then, awkward. Yeah, MMA crowds are just drunk guys. Like, yeah, like that, right? And uh, you know, I'm in Mexico. The guy is uh, like hometown favorite, whatever. And then I knock him out with a palm strike, and I raise my hand, and then everyone is just like quiet, and like I was like, oh shit, like this is kind of bad and then the guy's like like laying on the ground it's so quiet that you hear him like moaning he's like ah. Uh, i'm like oh fuck this is like so like i like help him up i'm like we're, like walking off the thing i was like dude this is it wasn't a good feeling to be honest yeah like, it wasn't
1: like because the crowd made it. if they were like yeah, I'm a, yeah. it would have been a
0: little different like receiving like did
1: did they did they announce you as like winner Well, yeah
0: i mean he couldn't he, like you know yeah. i was the only person in the center you know that got his hand raised you know that my opponent had to get like walked off but it was a a weird feeling it wasn't good like it was a bad feeling, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean when I looked at social media hypes it up, so then like yeah, when I look at it, it. I'm like, I'm a fucking killer. Ah. Yeah. But when it happened, man, I was like, Oh shit, this is this is real. Like I I don't know, man. It's it's, it's a it's an odd feeling. An odd feeling for That's sure. That's insane, dude. Yeah. It's yeah.
1: insane. Um, here's the last one. Yeah. Favorite food or restaurant?
0: Yeah, favorite food, so definitely favorite Ah, oh, fuck, actually not definitely, but top two um it's it's going to be either filipino food or jamaican food for jamaican food oxtail my fire. favorite my yeah. favorite braised oxtail but uh second is uh a filipino food called called uh care care, which is also just happens to be oxtail as well it's like a oxtail oxtail in a peanut sauce or whatever so those yeah. two are my favorites yeah yeah that's
1: fire man yeah well uh Damon, this was dope bro appreciate and, it and uh anything you want to shout out to market or get out to people yeah
0: um check out uh bjj damien.com that's my uh instructional site um and then b team new jersey that's in middlesex new jersey
1: cool well guys this was damien anderson you guys can find him pretty much on all social media bjj damien. bjj damien d-a-m-i-e-n cool. let's go well peace thank peace. you bro thank
0: you appreciate it man